Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cretech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built environment. On the podcast today, one of my favorites, good friend, somebody that I've connected with uh, for a while now. And I think uh, clearly we need as, as many smart, accomplished investors as we possibly can get to uh, be supporting the startup ecosystem uh, in the built environment focused on decarbonization. And and Micah Koch, who's a partner at Blackhorn Ventures, is one of the really, um, in, my, in my humble opinion, uh, one of the most respected and admired investors him and his team doing some great work so i really wanted to have micah on the podcast to put a spotlight on some of the um, investments that they're making currently um their outlook uh, and what they're looking for uh in, in the future as well so micah good to see you my friend thank you so much for having me always great to connect michael so let's for those that don't uh, might not be familiar with you why don't you give a little bit about your origin story and uh a little bit about blackhorn uh today yeah, I've uh, had the privilege of working in the uh, the climate space, what we're now calling climate tech, uh, for about two decades. Started my career as a founder and an entrepreneur, uh, putting games on phones, and then really kind of caught the sustainability bug back in 2003. Uh, started a, a program at NYU called the Urban Future Lab, um, where companies like Honest Buildings got their start. Um, spent five years as the director of innovation and entrepreneurship at NYU. Uh, then joined uh, Richard Kaufman and the uh, amazing, talented team at NYSERDA. Spent a couple of years at NYSERDA, uh, which is the billion-dollar-year clean energy agency in, in New York State. And then uh, I joined the BMW Group and was there for five years and built a program called Urban X, uh, where we uh, invested in about 70 early-stage companies, all kind of focused on buildings and infrastructure in the future of cities. We had four acquisitions out of that program, including a, a really... Um, talented team called Blueprint Power, uh, which was acquired by BP, really working to turn uh, buildings into clean power plants. And then about a year or so ago, I joined uh, Blackhorn, which is a series A stage investor uh, in digital infrastructure for the energy transition. And we have a real emphasis on um, buildings and construction uh, in energy, transportation, supply chain, and logistics. And we think those areas are, are very much interconnected and just poised for uh, really significant growth, but also um, can meaningfully generate a significant decarbonization impact. Yeah, great. So you know, let's jump in, Micah. So um, listen, we're recording this podcast. Uh, it'll, it'll be released, you know, at a later date, but we're recording this podcast <clears throat> at a time when uh, New York City, because of the wildfires in Canada, has the worst air quality in the world. Uh, last couple of days have not been able to go outside. Clearly, whatever the the causes of the uh, the wildfire and the air quality, clearly we're living in a time of 
uh, the climate crisis just escalating and its severity and the impact that it's having on oh, yeah, you know the built environment everybody around the world you've been at this for a while where do you yeah. think we are as sort of an industry venture uh commercial real estate uh energy and what have you as an industry addressing and trying to help mitigate some of the crisis that we're facing all around us where are we today in your in your opinion well look i you know i think optimism is a choice and i'm i'm choosing to be optimistic i do think that it's very difficult to ignore um some of the the most dire impacts of climate when you know you can't go outside or when it looks like you're living in some weird post-apocalyptic scene so i feel like um there is this realization that we you know not only need to um mitigate kind of the worst impacts of you know, where we are with respect to climate change, but we also, I think, really need to kind of get in gear and adapt to what is, in many ways, the new reality. You know, there, there are folks who um, will say that we've entered the pyrocene, which is, you know, another way of essentially saying that, you know, a lot of the the, the, the burning of the boreal forest in Canada um, is kind of locked in, right? So, you know, Canada has 10% of the world's forests. Um, you know, again, if you look at some of the... Um, uh, some of the reasons why we have the, the smoke and, and haze that we have, um, you know, these are, these are really massive challenges that are not going away anytime soon. And, and in fact, it is very much the new reality. So I'll say that, you know, I think that um, there are leaders within the real estate and, and construction and engineering industry who um, are, are entering into this new future with eyes wide open, who are looking at, you know, multiple sources of, um, innovation, whether that is um, open innovation, uh, yes, whether yes, it's yes. investing in, in startups, um, or whether it's um, uh, you know other kind of partnerships across industry to really adopt best practices. I think from a policy perspective, you know, I think um, we've started to see some some really interesting um, shifts at the at the federal level, where uh, through um, things like the Inflation Reduction Act, you've you really started to see kind of um, federal government kind of get in the game and, and begin to offer some significant new incentives around the adoption of, you know, clean energy infrastructure. At the municipal level, it feels like that's still kind of where the action is. Um, and so, you know, it seems to me like all of those positive things are happening at an environment where there's still a lot of margin pressure um, and, you know, other kinds of occupancy pressure on you know, commercial real estate in particular. I think residential is is in a very different space, but for the commercial real estate market in particular, um, you know, it's a it's a really challenging time. And so making investments that um, you know, in some cases don't always have the clearest path for ROI um are a stretch. And uh and and so like I said, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of tailwinds, but I think that um some of the more immediate financial and economic headwinds present some some challenges in terms of um, adoption at the speed and scale that we need and just to unpack that a little further micah you know you you i think remember you live in brooklyn so you know and you've spent a lot of time uh obviously you mentioned nicerta and why you what have you how do you how do you think as a new yorker how do you think new york city uh state has done in, you know it's the biggest real estate market in the world it's the greatest city in the world in my humble opinion how how is the city done whether it's local law 97 or um other initiatives how is the city um 
fighting this challenge or and leading the way potentially well i i think the thing about the city is that um you know you have some really progressive leadership uh amongst kind of class a buildings and i think that there is a very long and fat tail that is struggling with adoption and doesn't necessarily know where to get started when it comes to things like efficiency retrofits yeah. um i think the fate of local law 97 is also very much up in the air i think this administration the current administration seems to be hedging on whether or not um local law 97 which is arguably you know the landmark policy around uh, emissions reductions in buildings um, will actually be carried out and implemented. Um, so, you know, despite the, you know, the gas ban and despite some, I think some, some really, um, you know, solid progress that we've made over this last decade, I think the future is still very much uncertain. Um, and again, a lot of it has to do with some of the post COVID pressures around occupancy and NOI that a lot of the larger landlords are facing. Yeah. Um, so let's turn to Blackhorn. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what what's your sort of investment thesis? What are you looking for? And maybe you could uh, cite some examples of some of the portfolio companies that, you know, again, focusing on the built environment that are making an impact. Um, so I'd love to just, you know, have the audience understand Blackhorn's uh, investment uh, thesis and strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we invest in B two B SaaS businesses uh, that can really help to accelerate industrial impacts. So particularly in the built environment um, in, in construction, we are looking at you know capital efficient prefab automation and modular construction solutions. Historically, about forty percent of our investments have kind of fit that thesis around single process automation and, and prefab construction. Um, we um, were really interested in the digitization of financial workflows and progress payments and, and the acceleration of project completion. Um, we have a really great company in the, com in the portfolio called Kofi um, that I think is emblematic of that thesis where again, you know, significant um, operational savings and, uh, and streamlining of, of financial workflows, which can be, um, pretty tricky to navigate in, in this in this sector um and then you know enabling technologies to augment capabilities and efficiency of workers obviously um the productivity of construction has not kept pace with other sectors and so you know we ultimately think that we need to build um you know whether that's um you know new resi construction or uh, manufacturing facilities or data centers or what have you and so we're really excited about labor productivity and, and tools like artificial intelligence and ML that really empower um, frontline workers and, and folks out in the field. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about a couple of the, 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 the companies in, in the portfolio that I think are, um, you know, that are right at the center of that thesis. We actually have a team in Berlin, Germany called EcoWorks, um, which is a modular design and, and prefab stack that uses digital analysis and supply chain integrations and a kit of parts approach to really reduce the cost and speed uh, to retrofit carbon neutral multifamily resi buildings at scale. We think that that notion um, of you know, net zero multifamily residential buildings works in Berlin, it works in um, New York, it works in um, Los Angeles. Like, 
we are very excited about the approach that they're taking. They're our fastest growing company in the portfolio. Trunk is a really interesting solution for, for the actual manufacturers of, of prefab and modular uh, units. And it helps to optimize uh, factory production uh, schedules and, and really increases margins through um, dynamic scheduling and step-by-step assembly instructions. Um, so again, a, a really interesting kind of manufacturing facility based where the beneficiaries are construction companies. And then just lastly, the specifics, um, really interesting company where the team came out of uh, Redactive, an energy efficiency as a service company. And specifics is um, specializes really in enterprise scale HVAC asset intelligence, uh, predictive maintenance and, and decarbed capital planning. Um, so they are um, in many ways a vertical operating system for HVAC, which quantifies the economic and environmental inefficiencies of a given portfolio of HVAC assets and then provides portfolio scale and asset level strategies to save customers time, save them money, um, and help to reduce emissions. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot within that space. We also are, are working with some interesting teams um, that are a little bit more cross-sector. So we have a, a team in the portfolio called Datch, um, which empowers uh, deskless workers by providing an AI voice interface that allows them to really talk through their jobs conversationally and in real time and then structures and routes those insights and information from the field uh, into enterprise system of records. So for a, for a, a maintenance group within a, a large portfolio, for example. Great. And, and, and Mike, I'd love to understand, like, um, you know, you, a deck comes across your screen and, you know, it's a referral and you're, you're, you're what is the, the criteria that you're evaluating new investments, particularly again, because the focus of this podcast, a lot of where I'm spending my time on, on climate tech in the built environment. What are you looking for? You know, whether it's the founding team, whether it's the size of the addressable market, whether it's um, the, the product, uh, you mentioned SaaS, you know, that, um, all the above, but I think it's always helpful for startups to understand from Micah's vantage point, this is what's important to him to see and the team. Yeah. So I would say, you know, at the early stage, right. At, at generally at seed, at seed stage or even at series A, um, you know, you're trying to separate signal from noise. And I think it's, it's in many ways a, a bet on the team and a bet on the market primarily. Um, so it is, you know, do we believe that the founding team um, is going to be able to execute on the opportunity? Is it a big enough and, and differentiated enough opportunity that the team is tackling? I think I you know, tend to have a bias towards looking at um, you know, what is the go-to-market or how is the team really kind of figured out go-to-market um, in a way that maybe their competitors have not, right? Because particularly in, in the real estate industry, um, you know, getting to customer with a solution that's easily um, integrated and something that, you know, ultimately um, can, can really drive kind of impact quickly, uh, I think is the differentiating capability there. And so, you know, we want to understand like, you know, what is the, what is the problem? Is there a big enough market that the team is tackling? you know, how much traction do they have or have they figured out a path to market, like I say, that that is scalable and replicable? Um, and then also, you know, do we think that, you know, over time, this can ultimately, you know, get to a $100 million run rate? I think that's kind of the, um, that's the big question is like, is it venture scale? 
And um, is there enough of a, a competitive barrier that we think that this is a um, you know something that is ultimately going to help to return the fund over time? I mean, it, the, the math has to work from a from a venture perspective, and I think maybe that's something that you know not every founder at the early stage kind of understands. Maybe a really interesting solution, um, you know, might have great unit economics, but maybe it's not big enough to be venture scale. Got it. Got it. Finally, Mike, one of the things that really resonated when we connected, when you joined Blackhorn, yeah. I remember the conversation and you said the word that the one that really uh, catches my attention uh, today in this environment, which is impact. And you talked about that Blackhorn's got this view that you, you, you whether it's ESG or DEI, whatever you're doing, you're looking at it through the lens of having an impact on, you know, uh, people, communities, the planet. Talk, just talk to us about why impact is so important to Blackhorn and what that means specifically um, to the team. Yeah. Um, well, look, I think, you know, fundamentally, um, we think that um, high impact equals industry-leading returns. So we are non-concessionary impact funds, um, where you know we fundamentally do believe that the you know the, the way to really own the future um, is to help accelerate the energy transition. Um, and again, that's across buildings, that's across um, energy generation and distribution, that's across transportation networks, um, that's across our supply chain and logistics infrastructure. When we think about impact, we talk about, you know, does the solution improve resource productivity? Um, that's inclusive of things like, again, energy efficiency, material use, um, as well as labor productivity. And I should note that, you know, embodied carbon within the built environment, I think, is a really um, significant uh, opportunity and also pressing issue, at least amongst you know, people, CSOs and others that I speak to um, within, within the real estate industry. Um, you know, we talk about kind of does it accelerate access to and, and help drive the adoption of clean energy, um, you know, smarter buildings, better transportation solutions. We think about does it help directly, you know, decrease greenhouse gas emissions? And then again, lastly, um, you know, on the, on the workforce productivity, does it improve job quality? Does it improve things like worker safety? So impact for us is, is really important. Um, you know, we, um, we are a commitment, uh, we are a committed member of the Venture Climate Alliance. Um, you know, we're Impact Assets 50, um, we're a signatory of PRI. So, you know, I think we also take the notion of being able to measure impact pretty seriously and we do an annual impact report. That's great, Micah. So finally, um, what's next? What, what are you most excited about? What does the, the rest of this year look like, uh, for you and your colleagues at Blackhorn? Well, I think within like the built environment, you know, I, I mentioned kind of, um, you know, embodied carbon. So, you know, really excited about those kinds of opportunities, right? Like 40% of emissions are caused by the construction industry. 20% of, of construction materials get wasted. Um, you know, that certainly needs to change. Um, again, you know, I would say that focus on single process automation, the ability to Im impact and, and address the housing crisis through things like robotics and, and automation. Um, connected BIM, I think, is we're really excited about that. You know, how do you begin to kind of visualize the entire building life cycle and connect it to operations? 
um, you know, I'll say data, like data, artificial intelligence, um, machine learning. Um, you know, those are all tools for knowledge management and better building operations that we get really excited about. Um, and we see, you know, that, that BIM adoption has really kind of grown pretty rapidly um, as, you know, digital twins become more and more commonplace. Um, and so, you know, I would say, again, like despite some of these nearer term headwinds, I think we are really excited about opportunities to drive new, you know, technology adoption and operational savings and operational efficiencies in commercial resi and, and industrial sectors. And then think about, you know, the built environment holistically, right? Because I think nowadays it's very challenging to think about buildings in a silo without really, again, connecting them to energy infrastructure, without connecting them to things like EV infrastructure and transportation networks, without thinking about that holistic lifestyle, life cycle and and the entire supply chain of, um, you know, of how a building ultimately gets built and then how it's operated and maintained during its, during its life cycle and, and people, people who are in it, people who occupy it and, and their health and, and well-being. Yeah, great. Micah, thank okay. you so much, bud. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. For everybody that's listening that wants to connect with uh, Micah, uh, obviously on LinkedIn, uh, check out their Blackhorn Ventures website. Micah, good seeing you, bud. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Michael. Be well. Be well. If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.